good morning, everyone. So good to see you on this Lord's Day. And I want to say thank you for worshiping the Lord with song. And now let's worship through the word, shall we? If you haven't done so already, may I invite you to take your listening outline from your worship guide or go to the Ingleside app and hit the notes button. You'll find the outline there as well. And open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Acts chapter 1. And in just a moment, we want to look at a single verse today and how it might apply to us, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And do you see the title of today's message? It's called Planting and Building, Planting and Building Prevailing Churches. It's a key component of an Acts 1, 8 mission strategy. Now, as we're preparing to hear the word here in the worship center, I want to say a warm welcome to everyone in our contemporary service. We're really glad you're here, as well as those of you who are joining us on the live stream or on TV. I'm really glad that you're part of this service this morning as well. Now, before we dive into Acts 1, I just want to remind you, we continue to read the Bible uh, together a chapter a day. We're spending a couple of weeks Back in the Old Testament, we're finishing up Amos today. We'll read Obadiah, and then we'll read the book of Micah. So if you're not part of the journey yet, pull out your phone, text the word chapter to 22828. You'll be able to sign up and join with hundreds of us as we're reading and studying God's word and applying it to our lives every day. Now, this is Acts 1-8 weekend. It's our annual World Missions Conference. It began with a celebration dinner on Friday night, a world adventure for kids on Saturday morning, connection dinners in homes all around our community last night. And this morning, we have uh, many missionaries who are here sharing from around the world what God is doing in Sunday school and Bible study classes all across our campus. Well, why do we do this kind of weekend every year? Well, it's because of the mission that Jesus gave to us as his followers. One of the places that mission is made clear is in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So let's read that verse aloud. Would you read it with me? It's on your outline. It'll be on the screen. It begins, but you will receive power. So let's read together. Here we go. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And whose words are these? These are the words of Jesus. When did he speak these words? Well, after his crucifixion, burial, and resurrection, and before he ascended to the Father. And it was a way of making clear the mission. Now, some of you may be more familiar with the Great Commission in Matthew 28. It says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. But that wasn't the only time Jesus articulated the mission. Another time is right here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So here's what I want to do today. I want to I want to tease out quickly five things that this verse means for us 
And then I want us to focus on only one of those five and apply it to each of our lives. Now, let me tell you where this is headed in just a moment. At the end of our time together, I'm going to ask you to complete and pass to the end of your row this Acts 1-8 response card. I'm going to ask you to put a little info about yourself and respond and pass that to the end of the row. And so as you're listening this morning, I hope you're not only going to be listening to my voice, but you'll be listening to the Lord's voice prompting you about what next steps might be for you to participate in the mission. Well, let's put it in biblical context. Write in these five things on page one of your outline that Acts 1-8 means. Number one, it means that God expects us to be empowered every day by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit to accomplish his mission. Now, we're baptized in the Spirit whenever we're converted, whenever we repent and believe and follow Jesus. That occurs once. But we are to be filled with the Spirit every day. And the reason God fills us with the Spirit, one of the main reasons, is to empower our witness. That leads to number two then. Acts 1-8 teaches us that the mission is to go with the gospel. To go with the gospel. And here at Ingleside, we often say that means going here, there, and everywhere across the street to your neighbor or to your friend, and literally around the world to those who need to hear. Thirdly, then, the purpose of going with the gospel is twofold. Number one, it is to make disciples. So write that in. It's number three on your outline. When we go with the gospel, we're not just going to do good deeds. Now, we may do some good deeds. We may drill a well, or we may feed the hungry, or we may work with the poor, or we may do a soccer camp, or a basketball camp, or we may do a whole host of things. But the reason we go is to share the gospel that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And so when people respond to that gospel, you hear, you repent, you believe, you're baptized, and then you learn to follow, obey, and share the good news yourself. And then fourth, uh, that leads to new believers, new disciples being gathered in churches. So we intentionally go to plant churches Churches who gather in Jesus' name, who preach the gospel, make disciples, celebrate the ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper, who practice church discipline, who reproduce. And how long are we to do that? Well, write it in, number five. We're to continue the mission to the end of the earth, to the end of the earth, and to the end of the age. Until Jesus comes, we're continuing to go with the gospel, to make disciples, and to plant churches all for the glory of the Lord. Let's focus on the fourth of those for a moment, the church planting part. You know, every now and then I'll run into somebody who says, hey, I love Jesus, and I'm glad people follow him, but I'm not so sure about the church. Well, let me tell you what Jesus thought about the church. The Bible says a lot of things. It says that he's the head of the church that he died for the church, that he loves the church. And notice in Matthew 16, 18, what Jesus said. He said, I will build my church. 
and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, Jesus is all for, all in for the church, and we ought to be as well. That's the reason why the Apostle Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 14, look at it. He says, strive to excel in building up the church. And when you read the rest of the story of the book of Acts, here's a summary, just one of many summary statements. It says, so the churches were strengthened in the faith. In other words, they were growing deeper and stronger, and they increased in numbers. That's what God really desires for every church, to grow in at least two dimensions, to grow larger as more people come to faith in Christ, and to grow deeper and stronger as those new believers grow in their faith. So within that biblical context, let's talk about our church and church planting. I want you to know something about us. I want you to know something about our partners. And then I want you to hear from three of our church planters. First thing I want you to just remember with me and give thanks for today is that our church, Ingleside, was planted 71 years ago. On October 4th, 1951, 16 people gathered in a home over on Ridge Avenue, and that was the very first meeting. A week later, it had become 29 people. A month later, it had become 136 people. And on December 23rd, 1951, our church was formally constituted with 203 charter members. Now, I, I, I wonder if you were to go back to that original 16, I, I wonder if they could have imagined what God might do in this church across 70 years. I think they probably could not. But you know what they could do? They could imagine what their next step of obedience was. And they took it. They were willing to say yes to the Lord and, and join him on an adventure of faith. And that's what I want you to do today. That's what I believe the Lord is calling us to do. We may not can see 70 years down the road, but you can respond to the Lord's calling today and take the next step of obedience for you. I'm praying that will occur all around this room today. Well, what's the second practical thing I want us to see today? I want you to see our partners. Look at number two. Our church partners with the International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention to make disciples and plant churches around the globe. You know, I just want to give you a couple of data points because you may hear some negative news, but I want you to hear the good news today that in the latest annual report, 2021 data, our International Mission Board reported in that single year through the work of our 3,500 mission personnel around the world, almost 177,000 new believers, almost 108,000 baptisms, and write it in on your outline. This was astounding to me. 22,744 new churches planted all around the world through our partners at the International Mission Board. That is a great thing, is it not? It's a good place to say amen. Now, what about here in North America? I want you to see it as well. Our church partners with the North American Mission Board of the SBC to make disciples and plant churches across North America. So in the latest annual report, it, our North American Mission Board reported 
write it in, 588 new churches planted in North America. And over the last 10 years, more than 8,700 new churches have been planted across our country and in Canada and across North America. Now, among those churches, we have not only a general investment, but we support, write it in, number four, we support three church plants personally and directly with additional financial support, short-term mission trips, prayer, training, encouragement. And I want you to meet our three church planters today. I'm so glad each of them could be here to be a part of our Acts 1-8 weekend. So y'all as Patrick Grant uh, from Portland, Oregon at Woodstock Community Church makes his way up, y'all welcome Patrick with your warm applause. Would you do that right now? Man, it's great to see you. I'm so glad that you and Jennifer and your kids can be with us for Acts 1-8 again uh, this weekend. Now, tell everybody when you planted Woodstock Community Church. How long ago has it been, Patrick? Yeah, so it's been four years ago on October 1st. October 1st of 2018, we had our first worship gathering in my basement wow. in Portland. Wow. Now, you and Jennifer are there, and y'all got a big family, don't you? Tell us about your we kids. Do. We do. We have six children. Uh, they range in ages 7 to 20. Uh, Jesse, Riley, Kyler, Jacob, Michael, and Tegan. Wow, that's great. And uh, so, Patrick, one of the things I ask you to think about and to share with the group today is some of the things you're celebrating four years into this church planning journey. What are you celebrating? Yeah, well, one of the first ways that we're really celebrating over the last 12 months is that we've seen five professions of faith and four baptisms. Wait a minute, stop right there. Yeah, that is huge, is it not? The five people coming to faith in Christ and being baptized. Listen, all of heaven celebrates when just one person comes, and I am so thankful for that. What else, Patrick? Yeah, one of the other ways that we're celebrating is that for the first time in four years, we began to see new leaders and volunteers uh, raised and trained up from within the church be raised up, and now they're using their gifts to serve great, the body. Great, great. And uh, there's one other way that I'd like to highlight for yep. sure that I asked our church family, Ingleside's our sending church and our my home church, and I asked our church family about four years ago if you would pray that we would find favor in our neighborhood among the business district and the leaders within our neighborhood. And over the last month, we've been invited to be representatives of our local faith community at a movie night in the park where there were roughly around three, four, or 5,000 people. We had hundreds of conversations. Um, we've also become a resource for Laundry Love mm. Ministry in our neighborhood, as well as our editor of our local newspaper mm. has become, begun to be an advocate for us and wow. connect us into the wow. neighborhood. Wow, that's and huge. We say this to the glory of God, of course. Yeah. So, so that's huge, you all, as a new evangelical Bible-believing church is being planted in Portland for God to grant favor within the community, trust being built, and as trust is built, influence increases. So we ought to thank the Lord for that. So what about some of the challenges and how that might turn into things we ought to pray for? 
Yeah, so one of, the, one of the challenges that probably many of you have already picked up on right now is the political challenge in the, in the sense that the political challenge kind of filters down and affects the educational system. And uh, a lot of our strategy is reaching the next generation. And so in order for us to connect with the next generation, we're struggling to connect within our local school, which Lane Middle School meets directly next to our worship building. And, and then just the youth in general, just engaging with the youth and mm -hmm. being a witness to the youth. So we need to pray particularly for this middle school, Lane Middle School, and for opportunity to connect there. What else, Patrick? Yeah. I, I, well, I'd certainly ask you to pray for our new believers that have begun to find a new life in Christ. And as the challenges rise up, they're learning what it means to live out their faith in a difficult context. And so I would ask that the Lord would preserve them and preserve their faith as they walk with Christ in this context. We'll do that. What, what, what final word might you want to sh share with our church family? Well, I certainly want to say thank you so much. There's so many in here that have been to Portland, and I want to say thank you for your partnership in the gospel. Uh, thank you for praying on our behalf and giving on our behalf and going uh, to share the love of Christ in Portland. Amen. We're grateful for you and say thank the Lord for you. Y'all bless Patrick with your applause as he leaves the stage. Thank you. Come on up, Josh. Y'all, I want you to know Josh Cook. Josh is planting Dwell Church along with his wife, Sarah, and their daughter, Evie, out in Denver, Colorado. How long ago, Josh, did y'all begin Dwell Church? We started four years ago, but uh, it feels like in a lot of ways our church planning journey started right here at Ingleside. I actually met my first church planner at an Acts 1-8 weekend. Wow. Now 16, something like that years ago. So you went to Mercer, your wife did as well. That's right, go Bears. And, and, and then, yeah, and then um, <laughs> y'all were both involved here at Ingleside and That's on right. staff, and now here you are in Denver. So tell us some of the things you're celebrating right now at Doyle Church? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that's on my mind right now is uh, two weeks ago we had a leader retreat, and on this retreat we took 20 people uh, up into the mountains, I think 24 maybe, something like that. Uh, it's kind of, sometimes it has its perks, you know, living next to the Rockies. Somebody's um, got to do it, that's right? True. I mean. It's true. So we drove up to Winter Park, and uh, we had 24 people. We had a uh, group of Ingleside folks that came out and served our team so well. Uh, Ingleside exported its number one chief export, which is hospitality. Uh, they came up. They cared for us well. Uh, they loved us well. They served our kids. Uh, busy parents got to take a break for a weekend and just think about what God has called them to do. We did trainings uh, in evangelism. We were helping our people grow and learn, and they got to eat delicious food made by Ingleside people. We even introduced some people to biscuits and gravy, which was an important step for our church. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah, that ought deal. to win a lot right there. It's so. true. But what I'm excited about is uh, in that time, we had a chance to sit around in a circle and just sort of talk with each other and sort of assess how Dwell is going. And the encouragement that I saw among our people uh, where we were able to look across a circle and encourage each other and what we were doing well, uh, it was a beautiful picture of what happens when a church is living on mission, serving the kingdom of God. Even in a very difficult place, the bond and the community that God gives as as a gift, sort of, as you are going on mission, was just a, a beautiful thing for us to take part in. I'm so grateful for that. Um, how, how, how would you identify some challenges for us and how that would turn into things that we could pray for for yeah. you all, Josh? 
Yeah, well, uh, you guys can actually pray, first of all, for one of our leaders right now, uh, one of these leaders that has come to our church and we've been training up. He's been a part of a preaching cohort, and he is preaching uh, for us today at Dwell Church and uh, came down with some sort of, you know, disease or something. I don't know what's going on. And so he is doing like the flu game preaching right now. And uh, so pray for him. Uh, His name is Wade. He sells software professionally, but loves God's word. He's been trained up and is preaching for us today. Uh, I'd also invite you into praying similar to what Patrick said. we have a young lady, and this is, this is sadly a typical story, but we have a young lady who has plugged into our church. Uh, she's hearing the gospel. She's probably heard the gospel hundreds of times now. She's been with us for a year and a half. Uh, she actually bought her first study Bible as a part of our church. She brought it, slammed it down on the table at her small group, and was like, let's jump into God's word, was taking steps in faith. And has recently come to the decision uh, that it's, uh, the cost might be too high for her in following Jesus. She's worried about the way that she'll be perceived by her friends and neighbors and coworkers as being antiquated or intolerant or bigoted. And, uh, and sadly, we are seeing that it is a difficult thing for seeds to actually take deep and lasting gospel root in people's lives because there are so many forces working against us uh, in the world and particularly in the city of Denver. So, church family, as I've listened to these guys all morning long, this has been a theme that is true in Portland, it's true in Denver, you'll hear it in Atlanta, as the gospel is being shared and the cost of following Jesus in a secularizing culture is becoming clear. It's also true in Macon and Middle Georgia. Mm -hmm. And so we need to pray that the gospel seed would take deep root and bear fruit And that the commitment to Christ, though costly, many would come to see is worth it. It's worth it for our salvation and the glory of God. We'll pray that, Josh. Uh, What else? What about where you meet and needs in that uh, relation? Yeah, so we currently meet at Lake uh, Middle School. It is a 100-year-old middle school in the center of our neighborhood. Uh, It's truly a great place to connect with the community. It feels like neutral territory. Uh, It comes with its own set of challenges, though. Uh, It is a 100-year-old middle schooler, or middle school, and that means it has 100-year-old middle school chairs. And 100 years ago, middle schoolers were like six inches wide, and so it's a little bit of a squeeze to get into those chairs sometimes. But also, we really uh, need a place. We feel like God is leading us to where we're as a established as a church, we need a place where we can be through the week, where we don't just sort of exist very briefly in this place for one period of the time. We are uh, asking God uh, what he can do with more uh, ministry, more impact in our community if we had our own long-term and stable home. Now, we're fighting against uh, huge forces in our neighborhood. Uh, We don't come in with as much money as other people who are trying to buy similar spaces in our neighborhood, and so it's truly going to require your prayers and an act of God uh, for us to be able to get into a long-term home, but I believe he can do it. Well, we'll pray for maturing believers. We'll pray for new meeting space, and what final word would you share, Josh? I would just say thank you to you guys. Uh, It's been astounding and so encouraging uh, this weekend to go around and not just meet Inglesiders that I've known for years and years, uh, but to see people that I don't even know coming up and saying, hey, we've been praying for you guys. How's the new space? How are you and your family doing? How's uh, your new home? We just bought a home. And I I know uh, that everything that has been good that has happened to us as a church is a result of God's work in our lives and your prayers uh, over us. So thank you. Thank you so much for that.
We're grateful for you, my friend. And as Josh makes his way off, bless him with your applause. Would you do that? And then, church family, I want you to know Dustin Lee. And Dustin and his wife, Danielle, are planting a church in Atlanta. So tell us about your family and tell us when you began, Dustin. Sure. <clears throat> uh, well, my wife, Danielle, and I have been married almost 13 years. We moved to Atlanta just a couple of years ago. We have three children now. One of those is only five months old. And so we're super excited that, as I've <clears throat> told other people and I told our church, one way or another, God decided City View was going to grow. And so he's doing that through our family right now. And we're excited about that. I think it's an effective church growth strategy. <laughs> and you may practice that here at Ingleside as well. So we're excited for that. Uh, our church has now been officially launched for just over one year. One and year. And so we just celebrated that one year anniversary in September. Oh, listen. Can you believe that? Now, one of the questions somebody in the room is going to have is, well, it's Atlanta. Churches have been there forever. It's the buckle of the Bible mm -hmm. belt. Why a new church in Atlanta? So uh, locate where you're hoping to plant or where you are meeting mm -hmm. on the map sure. and then quickly tell us why. All right. Well, I think as the day goes on, the affinity for Atlanta will grow. So you being the latest service, I think that you're probably hip and awesome people who love the city of Atlanta, but not everyone does. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful that God's called us there. But it is a challenging place and, um, to reach people. So we meet on the northwest side of the city. We are The easiest way to say is we're a mile from the Brave Stadium. And so we're on Cobb Parkway just inside of Atlanta's perimeter. So our address is in Atlanta proper. Uh, and it is a challenging place because there are a lot of great churches in Atlanta. Some in the city, a lot in the suburbs. But there are a lot of dying churches in Atlanta. The population is growing, but also changing. And the relationship of church, church is growing with populations actually inverse. So we see that churches are dying in some places where the population is growing. Mm -hmm. And you don't want that to be the case. So that's why there are a need for a church plant, especially in the city, the closer you get to the city center. Uh, but it's challenging because you have somewhat of what we call cultural Christianity, people that some maybe are not actively engaged in a local church, but there's some type of a spiritual background. And so there's some things that they bring with them as, as it relates to what church should be like. But then you have this progressive uh, growing population that wants nothing to do with Jesus. And mm. with them being in the same place makes it a really interesting target to reach. Well, so you can see both the opportunity and the challenge. So a year in to public meeting, Tell me a couple of things you're celebrating, sure. Dustin. Uh, well, I was here about a year ago, and we got to tell you about our first baptism. And since then, we've had another baptism, which is really cool. That's and, great. And uh, she's a college student from Georgia Tech. And it was really awesome. We let her share her testimony. And I did not realize this. She's bilingual, but I did not know her grandparents were in attendance. And they don't speak English. So at the end of her testimony, she shared the gospel in Spanish to her grandparents right before we baptized her. And most people in the room didn't know what she was saying, but we were all crying. And mm -hmm. it was just a really special moment. Mm -hmm. So excited to see those types of things happening. Uh, we also had our very first child dedication service. So just about three weeks ago, my family along with two others. We had three families and three children that we were able to dedicate uh, to the Lord, which is exciting. Because every time you do something for the first time in a church plant, it's a special marker. Yeah. So those were some really awesome things for our church that we are excited to see become where it feels like we're a true church family. Wow. Already. 
That's great. And now tell me about some of the challenges and how you would want us to pray. Sure. One of the challenges is our location. Uh, we, we meet on Sunday nights at 5 o'clock, uh, which creates some issues for reaching families. It's really hard for us to get families not just to come but to stick once you have school-age children because Sunday night is a time when you're already starting to prepare for your week in most cases. So that's been a bit of a challenge. Uh, we love the venue once you get inside. It looks great and it works really well, but it's in an interesting shopping center beside a movie theater and a lot of really other active areas. And most recently, there have been some changes to the landscape. So the best way for me to tell you how to come to City View is if you look for the brand new Spirit Halloween store, we're going to be just above the Spirit Halloween to the left of the liquor store. So if you'll just look right there, you'll find City View Church. And so you can just imagine that's a bit of a challenge. Strategically located, do you... Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Ahead. So there's a there's a huge gospel need, but it is kind of tough to be in a space like that that just doesn't look normal. We're on the second floor in this large parking lot, so it works really well. It's been good, but I think there's probably something better out there. We've been told no three times by different schools and a lot of other venues that are outside of our budget or range or whatever. So we we. We would love to see God open a door for somewhere that fits us and reaches our target area, allows us to meet on Sunday mornings, and hopefully be able to reach more families. Boy, we will pray for that uh, location. Uh, one other thing to pray for? I'd love to see more leaders within our church develop over the next year. So we have an amazing team. We have about 30 members who serve really well. But I'd love for some of those to be able to take more initiative in leading out in ministry, for us to be able to pass the baton of some of those things, not just to show up and serve, but to make us even better. Oh, that's great. Any final word this morning? Yeah, thank you, Ingleside. You've become one of our, our best and favorite partners. Uh, we do have a special relationship with you because some people that you raised up and sent off to Atlanta have joined us. So we have Nathaniel Peterson and Gracie Foster on our team. They're amazing young adults who make a huge impact for us uh, every week. And also, we have Miss Judy Hogan who, who serves. We know her as Mama Judy. And so it's been so awesome to see uh, those people plug in and serve at City View. And you've sent more teams than any other partner we've had. And we we feel your presence when you show up, and it's been really special for us. I'm grateful for that. Listen, we love you. Pray in the Lord's continued blessing. Y'all bless Dustin with your applause, if you would. Okay, so as we wrap up today on your outline, my question is, will you be involved in the mission? And I want to suggest four steps. Here they are. The first is some of you need to learn some more. And you can go to a couple of websites that I've listed there, imb.org, nam.net, and you can begin to get the worldwide picture in clearer view. Number two is to pray. You can pray for our own church planters for God's work around the world. Number three is to give. Our church gives joyfully and generously. And I want to say thanks to so many of you who've given generously for so long. It, it, whenever you give your tithe, you know, uh, you can do that electronically through your offering envelope. I can just tell you, Beverly, my practice for years and years and years and years is to give our first 10% of our income to our local church here at Ingleside. And part of that goes to support these church planters and the mission around the world. But then in addition to that is our world missions offering. And so every year, over and above, our tithe, by the Lord's grace, we've given to our world missions offering to help carry the gospel. I hope you'll be a generous giver as the Lord prospers you 
as well. And then last of all is to go. Some of you need to go uh, on a short-term mission trip internationally or nationally. Some of you need to go to Portland or Denver or Atlanta as one of our teams go there. Some of you um, whose work is uh, portable, you might need to just move. You might need to move to Portland or to Denver or near City View in Atlanta and be a part of a church plant there. So now let's finish up today with that card I mentioned earlier. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to pass it to the end of the row. Let me walk you through it. Just give us your name and a little bit of info about yourself, just the best way to be in touch with you. Tell me today whether you're a member or a regular attender or guest. Check one of those boxes. If you're interested in becoming an Ingleside member, check that. We'll be in touch. If you want to prepare to go on a mission trip, we'll help you do that. Check that box. We'll be in touch. If you're interested in maybe the perspective course that you saw the video on earlier, it begins in January. Check that box. We'll help you get signed up. And then maybe you say, you know, I'm not sure I can go, but I want to serve locally. Well, here are some ways. If you will tell us you want to pray for our mission teams, we'll make sure you're on that prayer distribution list and you can pray for every mission team that goes out some some of you could drive people to church here at Ingleside who need a ride think of an international student who's at Wesleyan College who might want to come to church week by week and you could become the relationship and the transportation some of you could drive teams to the airport in Atlanta as they go around the world and then go back and pick them up there's cooking, baking, home repairs, yard work. If you want to serve, we'll find you a way to serve and go with the gospel. And then tell us if you'd be willing to consider going to Atlanta or Denver or Portland or somewhere else in the world with the gospel. And then tell us if you have a particular interest, disaster relief. We had a team like that in Puerto Rico recently after the hurricane. Construction, we had a team in Tennessee recently doing that kind of work. Prayer walking, that was a part of what our team did that was in Brazil recently. Teaching uh, English language, that was a part of what a team we sent to Indonesia did recently. Sports outreach, children's ministry. Again, if you have a heart to go, we'll find a place. I want our ushers to come on now and will you pass these cards to the end of your row? Uh, they'll pick them up. You say, what will happen to these cards? Well, they'll go to our missions office. Our missions minister, Lisa Call, her team will assemble the data and then they'll follow up with you at the appropriate time to help you get connected. I am really, really grateful that across the years, Hundreds of people, hundreds of people have been involved in the mission. But maybe today's the day for you to take that next step. And if so, I want to encourage you to be obedient to the Lord and do that. I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and after that, we'll sing our final song. It's a great song. I hope you're going to sing it because it reminds us of God's love, His saving love 
that he's made known for us in Christ. Let's pray together. Father, thanks for our time of worship. Thanks for the challenge. Thanks for the testimonies. Lord, I want to pray. I want to pray for our church plants. I pray for favor with Lane Middle School. I pray for new locations to meet, for Dwell and for City View. I want to pray for new believers to count the cost and see that Jesus is worth it and roots would go down deep. Lord, I want to pray that you would raise up new leaders and I pray that you would prosper these new churches for your glory and honor, even as you prosper our church here. We love you, O oh Lord, and we offer this prayer to you in Jesus' name, amen.